0: Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Bar Path Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right, so we have three questions today.
1: And if you want to ask us questions, hit us up in our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, or the social medias, Instagram, DM, slide in the DMs. Um, okay, so today we got... One of these questions is slightly controversial. So buckle
0: up. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. What is question one? Uh, ok. What is your opinion on seed slash vegetable oils? There's so much controversy over this topic. So, yes, yeah, so there is. Um, let's just first and
1: foremost break down like what what oils are included in the vegetable seed oil category. So generally, we're talking about canola oil, soybean, Safflower, grapeseed, rice, rice bran, rice bran, in sunflower oil. I feel like there's, there's a couple. More. Oh, there's like 20 more. There's Rape probably seed, like, uh, rapeseed. I can't think of all of them. There's Grapes. a lot. Oh, Just seed. Google it. Um, <laughs> so essentially these oils are polyunsaturated fatty acids. So I'm not going to get into the ratio today of like how much saturated fat, how much polyunsaturated fat and mono, uh, monounsaturated fat you should be eating. But that's generally the vegetable oil oils are in the, the polyunsaturated fat category. So, all right, let's get, let's hit with the research. Heather. Okay, wait, question, answer.
0: Maybe. Does, yeah, maybe. Does this mean that, okay, so you know how like avocado oil, yes. um, it comes from the actual fruit? Yes. And vegetable oil means seed oil, which means it comes from the seed?
1: Y- well, yeah. So essentially they're like taking, from what I understand of it, they're taking the, either the seed of a, of a fruit or well, yeah, basically, I guess um, seeds are only in fruits, but taking the seed or the type of vegetable or whatever, and they're doing some crazy chemical process basically in a lab to to get oil out of it. Because if you think about it, like avocados are a very fatty, fatty substance in nature, right? So you can extract oil from it because it's pretty fatty. Same thing with coconut. It's a very, it's a, it's basically a fat source, right? A vegetable or a seed, they aren't fat sources. They don't have, very much if any fat in them so they have to basically take these these uh seeds or vegetables or whatever through this process to chemically engineer the oil from it and to me it doesn't sound that great but let's yeah so that's kind of the difference right so i would just think of like the other types of oil like the butter and avocado oil coconut oil um what i missing olive oil like those fats which i like to Call like the quote unquote good oils to use, which we'll get into. Um, like think of it like, okay, is this a fatty substance in nature
0: that they're extracting oil from? Okay, I like that. Cool. All right. So, all right, I'm gonna start with the research now. Okay. So let me start by saying there is currently no peer peer reviewed evidence or trial that absolutely proves that seed oils are are just terrible for you, right? However, in the last decade, consumption of seed oils in America has drastically increased. The intake of these omega-6 vegetable oils, particularly soybean oil, uh, started to increase in the U.S. in the early 1900s at a time when like butter and lard was kind of on the decline Meanwhile, rates of chronic inflammatory diseases like heart disease, asthma, cancer, diabetes, et cetera, have increased dramatically. While people have been told to decrease meat and saturated fats for all these different health reasons, and now they're replacing it with seed oils. So that's kind of the correlation that people are looking at. But like I said, there there have been studies that have linked canola oil and other vegetable oils to these inflammatory diseases, heart disease, Alzheimer's, et cetera. However, there there are a lot of theories and a lot of links that doesn't mean causation, right? The reality is we don't have long-term randomized human trials that look at this increased consumption of vegetable oil over 20 to 50 years, nor can we say without a doubt that vegetable oil is the thing that is killing us, right? Yeah. So a point on that, like the, this is why there,
1: there really is no research showing this, but we're going to get into our opinions in in a minute. But also when the vegetable oil and seed oil um rates of consumption were on the the rise also like people start started to get more sedentary and we started to eat more processed foods which do include a lot of these seed oils but Mm -hmm. we can't definitively say okay yeah it's the vegetable oil is killing us like a lot of these fitness instagram instagram people like to to you know make reels about right like they're these people kind of pick and cherry pick these studies to to Mm -hmm. to kind of support their points however like (laughs) there it's probably my my theory is it's probably part of the problem I don't think it's the sole problem but again let's get back to yeah. to what you're saying I so.
0: personally feel like it's a big part of the problem but I, yeah again, I do too just how I feel when i eat them yes and the fact of how they're made and that they're in everything right yes. so they are everywhere it takes a long time to find out the damage that something could be causing right and depending on who is backing that product yep. who's funding that product it could take longer for that research to actually come out so our stance on vegetable oils is proceed with caution right you can see how things like canola oil are created um, if you go online and just google it right you can see the impact on the earth and on the land when we farm acres upon acres of this stuff and then put it through these giant processing plants and create oil and you can determine for yourself if ingesting this many seeds in one tablespoon of oil is a good idea
1: yeah like these oils were literally invented for machines and then america figured out that they were cheap and decided to put them in every single processed slash packaged food and fat product and in fast food restaurants as well right like i guess they figured out they were cheap and figured out that we wouldn't die immediately if we would eat them right so like heather said like our opinion is that we personally do we personally try to avoid them at home because we cook probably 90 95% of the time at home right so if we like if we were consuming them regularly like if you're we just using canola oil to cook or whatever and then a meta analysis comes out 30 years later showing it causes x detriment to your health well if we just keep avoiding them then we don't have to worry about that potential danger for you know in, in the years to come right um, that we don't like quite know exist yet if, if there are any but just kind of like basic logic i it doesn't personally when i consume them which usually happens to be when we got to eat right like they're pretty much everywhere you can't really avoid it um i know
0: you found this cool app that show <laughs> yeah, there is an app yeah we um, will have to find it it's pretty new but yeah it's called oh, i forget what it's called i'll look it up while you're talking But anyways
1: what it, yeah the app like basically shows you like this restaurant only uses vegetable oil. This restaurant, like... Our favorite restaurant in Denver, shout out Just Be Kitchen. They only use coconut and olive oil to cook their food in. So on the app, it'll just be like this restaurant, you're safe or whatever. So it's kind of cool. But I I, like for us, we're not worried about it when we go out to eat because we're not consuming them regularly. And just like anything in life, doing something once in a while isn't gonna kill you. Um, nor it will have any like significant impact on your health, right? Your long-term health. So when we go out to eat, which you know, like I said, is every once in a while, we don't really care because it's not something we can always control. And like, why would we go out to eat if we're just going to stress about what oil they're using to cook their food in? That kind of defeats the purpose. But that's our general stance on it. And sometimes that, you know, maybe like we're on vacation and we go out to eat a lot and I know like they're probably using some of these uh, oils. I don't feel great. I know that... uh, (laughs) Probably after a few times, like within a week or so period, like my gut starts gets to it becomes messed up. Like not to where like I have just like, I don't know, chronic diarrhea or puking, but like it just feels off. Like my digestion is just not quite there and I don't like it. And sometimes I feel a little bit bit of brain fog, which I know that means it's affecting my gut. Right. But
0: we're also out to eat. Exactly. Multiple times we're taking in foods we don't normally take in. We're probably not sleeping the same. We're not at home. Like there's a lot of variables there. Exactly. So is it the oil?
1: We don't know. We don't know. I think, but like I said before, my opinion is that it's a big part of the problem. I don't think it's the only part of the problem. I think like if everyone were working out regularly, they were strength training, they were moving and getting enough sleep, getting outside. And then they, you know, kind of, they use these vegetable oils on a somewhat consistent basis. Like would these people feel shitty and would it affect their health? I have no idea. Right. doesn't seem like it would like, so that's why I think there are a lot of factors that come into play. And the current research says There is, er, there's really no evidence showing that these these types of oils are harmful to your health. But I would just proceed with caution because there are very strong correlations that we're finding. Yeah, and there are more and more things coming out. So yeah, and I think that because it's such a topic right now, like you can like I don't know, just like on Instagram or whatever, it's a hot topic, right? You know, fitness equals fat, right? So it's like avoid vegetable oils at all costs. You'll you'll go to these these profiles and they'll probably cherry pick out their studies saying like this causes this and you should avoid them at all costs. Like just be weary of that stuff. Stuff because, yeah, they're just trying to get seen on Instagram and try to sell their products or whatever, or sell their message. So, but, you know, I just. I think there's gonna be a lot of research coming down the pipeline with this stuff. Um, just like there is on the gut too. There's so much we don't know about the gut microbiome. And I think that the vegetable oils, at least from my experience, really affect that. So
0: I think there's gonna be a lot of research coming out on yeah. that soon.
1: So expect and another podcast yeah. about us, like with updated research on it. So True. and
0: we yeah, we you we may be one of those Instagram profiles by the time you listen to this, if you're listening to this like next year or whatever, that is like, no, vegetable oils are evil, because there may be research out. At that time yeah they are we don't know potentially but yeah right now
1: in we're recording this in january of 2023 it'll probably come out in february of 2023 there is there is no like there are links there yeah there are are links and correlations but but there's nothing's been proven correlation does not equal causation and i would definitely like encourage the anecdotal experience that you have you personally have when you eat these so like are you if you go out to eat if you're Choosing like a somewhat healthy meal, like a meat and a vegetable, and you know that they're using these vegetable oils, like how do you feel after eating that? Because normally, like a steak and broccoli, you'd feel fine, but if you're not feeling fine, maybe it was the oil. So just do your due, di- due diligence yeah. with your own health and how you're feeling with it. The so. reality
0: is, if you're eating, you know, 80% healthy, you know, how the 80 20 rule, you know, you're mostly eating whole foods, you're doing a good job at yeah. that, you're probably not going to be taking very much of this vegetable oil in and you're probably okay. But if you're eating a lot of pro- processed food it's in everything it's in bread it's in chips it's in it's in a lot of things so just be wary
1: yeah like I would if you do eat a lot of processed food well first of all I would encourage you to to slowly not do that (laughs) to slowly eat more whole foods but (laughs) if you are like let's say maybe you're going to the you're going on a trip and you want to buy some packaged foods to take with you or whatever just read your labels um and I just think why not avoid it because if you can control it, that's what I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. you can, that you you'll find products that taste just as good if they use avocado oil, like Heather's chips, love my <laughs> like because those are somewhat consistent in this <laughs> household. She we make it a point to make sure that they're made with olive, well now avocado oil, um, just to ensure that like okay, there's at least no vegetable oil, and you might not feel the extra. Detriments of the vegetable oil <laughs> along with the fried chips. <laughs> so yes. it's, you know, focus on what you can control. And that's just our opinion. Like, if we're going to buy a processed food, like, we're going to look at the label and make sure there's no vegetable oil in it because we're going to basically save up our tolerance when we go out to eat and we can't control it.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. cool. Enough on that question. All right. I'm sure. We'll come we're back to it. Some, for we're sure. going to get some comments on it. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Calm down, everybody. Question number two: <laughs> What is an exercise you swear made a huge difference in your results?
1: Okay. So this is a personal question. This is kind of fun. Um, for me, I feel like it's ha- training handstands and pull-ups. Like. I feel like for most people, I'm guessing it's going to be like barbell back squats and deadlifts with a full range of motion because of that CNS benefit and the muscle building benefits of both. But I basically since I started training, I was doing those movements. So yeah, I initially saw like the huge difference it made in my results. But I guess more recently within the past, I guess like four years, it's been the handstand and the pull-up training like I just have never felt that strong in my upper body, which I know a, a lot of women feel like that. Um, we always want to train what we're strongest at, right? And for me, it was squats and deadlifts just because women tend to be strong in their lower bodies. So once I switched to more of that direct focus on like upper body pulling strength and like gaining that, um, the the skill of training handstands, which does require a lot of shoulder strength and upper body strength in general, I just feel so much stronger And a lot of that training correlated to my grip strength, which I honestly, I don't know. I can't really like articulate it, but I just feel so much more powerful in daily life. No, like f- with a stronger grip, um, mm. and just a stronger upper body in general. Like it's, it's, it's really cool to bang out multiple sets and reps of p- pull-ups in my opinion. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can see that grip strength is super important. We even have a blog on it. So I'll post podcast that in the show notes. on longevity. Oh, oh, we have a podcast, have a podcast too, on it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll post both of those. <laughs>
1: yeah, so for me personally i guess that's what it was but okay. i switched to more like that those training those specific skills right so mm-hmm. um but yeah again like i feel like most people if you're not doing squats and deadlifts start doing them because yeah that can be huge impact. Um, yeah so
0: i guess i had to think about this one um i feel like i've had a few right so i think the new stimulus of adding an impactful exercise can have a benefit for anyone, right? Especially like you were saying, like squats and deadlifts, big compound movements. But also specifically, if there's like a change in your lifestyle or an injury, So for instance, I like sit a lot now, (laughs) like a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on my computer a lot. And I found that I have to do more glute focused movement before I do like hinging movements. So I I really have to prime my glutes for deadlifts or anything that's going to irritate my sciatic nerve or my, my spinal issues that I've had. I've I've had back issues in the past. I know I've talked about them on the podcast, Um, but the way I've been able to really deal with this and not get injured again is just throwing in those smaller glute priming movements, both before my major lifts And then also throughout my day. So for me, it's actually been the little things lately that have made the biggest impact. Okay, what are some examples of those movements though? Um, The peeing dog. Okay, yeah. I'm just talking about like movements that you do. Yeah,
1: you do regularly. (laughs) So like you can give them a definitive answer. Like, okay, these exercises. Mm, Okay,
0: peeing Peeing dogs. Um,
1: Yeah, I guess we can link the video to showing like what
0: that looks like. Yeah, we could. YouTube. I mean, I feel like we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we do. Okay, peeing dog. Um, that's, That's probably the... Biggest one. I mean, horse stance squats are helpful. What's the one, the frogger stretch?
1: Yeah. Where where I'm like squeezing my
0: adductors. Yeah. Yeah. That one helps a
1: lot. Basically in hip internal rotation on the floor and your legs are at 90 degrees and you kind of like rock forward and rock back. And then I usually have people hold on the last Mm. one and really try to tense their adductors
0: as much as possible. Really opens up that groin area. Yeah. I've also been playing around with various hip extension movements to figure out which one I feel the most. So I'm still working on that. Yeah. I think
1: moral of the story for this question is I think that probably changes throughout your training career. Because like I said in the beginning, like doing just barbell back squats and deadlifts and getting good at those like made a huge difference in my strength and physique. Mm -hmm. But then like I competed in powerlifting. So I was doing those all the time. And then when I kind of shift to the style of training I'm doing now, like holy shit. Like I just feel really awesome and powerful being yeah. really strong in the upper body. Yeah. And so, I had tiny shoulders before and they grew a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah totally. Your calves have grown a little bit too. Have Remember they? they tiny. I don't think they I have. Mean, they're still not big, but they're not tiny. Thanks. Shots fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can uh, only say that because you know, I can't come back at you with an insult because you have big calves. So. I've always had big calves. <sighs>
0: yeah. And here we are. Okay. All right. Question, Question three. number three. <laughs> Is oatmeal okay if I'm trying to lose weight? I've heard it's bad, so I'm not sure. Okay, I
1: I, I picked this question because it's... I don't want to say it's dumb. It's not dumb, and I'm not shaming anyone for asking this. It's because of the fucking fitness industry, and we're just, like, demonized... We like to just pick and choose foods to demonize, like carbs are bad, and then fat is bad, and all this bullshit. So, of course, one would be confused about oatmeal because it's a grain, and, like, there's this whole, like, grain-free movement going on now. Like, (sighs) Yes. Oatmeal is okay. If you're trying to lose weight, that's going to come down to, are you in a caloric deficit or not? And it doesn't, I mean, yes, it does matter as far as like food quality. That's very important, but oatmeal is a whole food. Like, I don't know. There's there's nothing wrong with it. Stop following these people on Instagram who are saying oatmeal is bad because God, it's hard enough to get people to consistently eating these whole natural foods and to eliminate one. It, as a choice is so stupid especially if you like it because there are bigger fish to fry here people Most... do that with
0: potatoes too what potatoes people like demonize potatoes oh yeah too. i know the it, same thing i
1: know that's why i yeah. picked it
0: because it's so stupid like if
1: someone is telling <laughs> you to eliminate a food that is very could could potentially be very good for your health as far as give you fiber it has some iron in it it gives you clean like good energy for your workouts or recovery from your workouts like there are nutrients in oatmeal eat them if you're i i always caution people like okay if you can't digest them well which there was a point in time for me when my i was having some gut issues in general i couldn't really digest oatmeal that well that was the time where i eliminated it eliminated it however i could eat it now perfectly like just fine and that's because i i healed my gut and i worked on that but like i don't know it's just if you love it and your stomach doesn't hurt and you're not noticing any other negatives from eating oatmeal, then please just fucking eat it and unfollow all of those people <laughs> who say potatoes are bad, who say oatmeal is bad, egg, like uh, egg yolks, egg. What? Who yeah. says egg yolks are bad? Oh, I think we have now, but there's well, still some bodybuilders out I f- there. But... I feel like now on the other end, it's like people say egg whites are bad because there's like really no nutrients in it. I'm like, oh. what the fuck? Shut the fuck up, people, because there's protein in it. And then, yes, eat the whole egg. But like sometimes you can eat just egg yolks if you need or egg whites if you need to get that protein in like I would much rather people get the protein in and eat only egg whites and not like it's just so stupid what <laughs> social media has done to us. Granted, there are a lot of amazing things about it, but like because people are trying to just be influencers and they're trying to get have a controversial message to get seen like let's be primal and not eat grains like. Okay, well, now you're just erasing probably 90% of the population that isn't doing anything for their health. And now they're like, well, I can't even eat oatmeal. I don't know what to do. So they're not even going to try now because of these stupid messages that oatmeal is bad. But this is just a representation of all these other people saying these whole foods are bad. It's not
0: bad. <laughs> Mic drop. Do you wow. have any input? <laughs> no, I've got that- nothing. I'm just hovering like in the corner.
1: To, to illustrate it, <laughs> I guess I could just prove my point. Like, I don't know. There are times where I went on a quote unquote cut. You know, I hate the bulking and cutting terms. But when I tried to get a little bit of lean, a little bit of leaner, (laughs) a little bit leaner, leaner. (laughs) I was eating oatmeal and mind blown. I still got leaner because I was in a caloric deficit. And yes, I eat mostly whole foods. Oatmeal is a whole food. Like, I think it's because of, like I said, the grain free movement, which I don't get because like humans, we've learned to use fire to cook food and we've learned to use like water and fire to cook these grains and carb sources like oatmeal and rice. Like I feel phenomenal when I eat white rice, like, and that's a grain. So it's funny because like these people who, uh, the people who say that and they're like, yeah, go grain free except for white rice. And it's like, okay, well now you're just like, Contradicting yourself, like why just r- white rice because you digest it well? Like, okay, great, then that works for you. Oatmeal might work amazingly for some people. It's just, again, I don't know. It's just like this ancestral like living movement going on right now in the the Instagram space, and it's like, calm the fuck down, everyone. Like, can we just focus on whole natural foods and we're gonna be fine. We're not gonna die. There's no health detriments from it. Eat your oatmeal, please. Oatmeal's delicious. Just make sure you're eating some protein along with it. That's, I feel like the main thing, make sure you're like completing the meal. So like if I have a client who's eating oatmeal and that's it, well, I'll say, okay, let's keep the oatmeal, but let's add in some protein with it because Mm -hmm. most people aren't getting enough protein. And, um, if you're having some potential, like super high, like blood glucose spikes from oatmeal, pairing it with some protein can potentially tamper that or get your, um, levels back down to a normal range a lot quicker so
0: yes anywho Anywho, i know i talked i took this one over Okay, that's fine do you like oatmeal uh yeah i haven't had it in a long time but yeah i used to love it yeah
1: i feel like we're on a big white rice kick right now yeah i love white rice and then i know like oatmeal is like breakfast food you could eat oatmeal whenever you want you're an adult but um we eat a lot of yogurt for breakfast but maybe we should jump on the oatmeal train just to prove these fuckers wrong maybe that oatmeal (laughs) is
0: okay for you it's just too much work you know i mean to i don't prove like to, people want- oh, don't yeah, to oh yeah to make anything yeah i know making oatmeal is not that hard but it's really know, not you can put it in the microwave i like to grab my hard boiled eggs and go yeah um okay so just so you know i did find that app it's called seed oil scout oh okay i don't know anything about this so i'm not like so
1: this is the app we were talking about in the first question oh, yeah. that analyzes restaurants and what oils they use to cook their food
0: yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about this app for the most part. I just, they popped up on Instagram. I started following them. So yeah, I don't know. That's what they're called. If you want to look into them, you can, I don't know how far they're, I, I, it looks like they do a lot of things in New York. So I don't know if it's like national or what, but, um, if you want to cool. look at it, you if, could, you're, yeah. if you're
1: really, really concerned about it and you don't want to do it when you eat out, well, that sucks, but here's an app that, can help you yes
0: and you can if it's a nice restaurant a lot of times you can just ask them to cook your yeah. food in butter and yeah i've done that will. many times yeah
1: i i'm just like well if especially like if you're going out to for, for breakfast it's really easy like you know they have butter for toast you can just be like can you cook my omelet and butter please it's yeah. really not that hard yeah so all right moral of the story for this q a um be cautious with your vegetable oil intake but i wouldn't stress too much about it and eat your fucking oatmeal carbs aren't bad for you please eat carbs <laughs> um
0: i don't remember what the second second question one. Was. Oh, not I as understand. important
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> not as big of a rant cool. so not as impactful okay awesome well thanks for tuning in yeah if you like, like this podcast for please. to rant if you like me
1: ranting please give us a five-star review please rate this podcast because it helps it get seen and yes. we're really trying to grow this more yes we are all right okay awesome thanks peace out